Turn with me over to Isaiah 57, verse 19. Because we're going to talk about something this morning. The fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips. Now, for a long time in Christianity, now I'll take that back. In the old church, way back in the early outpourings of the Holy Ghost, they believed God for anything. They believed God for miracles. They believed God for anything. They, they just, uh, I remember my dad, we purchased eight acres there in Bellmead, Texas, on the, the loop there. Uh, it used to be an old Nazarene campground. This is back in 1965, 64 actually, 63, he, he purchased that. And, uh, uh, and it had an open air tabernacle, open air tabernacle. <laughs> Brush Arbor, and uh, they had they had some cabins out there, and they had another place for like a dormitory and a kitchen and a dining area, and uh, so we we just went in and remodeled it. But instead of you know all all we did on the tabernacle, we just kind of closed it in and put windows and everything in and closed it in, keep it out of the elements for the for the winter time and all of that kind of thing. And but but it was what was amazing was when we were out there working on that. These carloads of people would drive up. Some of them were elderly. They remembered the days. I mean, they got these were Nazarenes and Methodists, and and uh, you know they were they were <laughs> coming up to the driveway and they would get out and they would just get out and tears streaming down their face because they were happy to see life coming back to the old tabernacle that had been sitting there for years. And they said, now th- these are some of the testimonies they had. We remember, we remember uh, when we came and had these camp meetings here and, and all of the things. that t- We went home in wagons out under the power of God. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Now somebody said, those are Nazarenes. Yeah. You know, in their creed, they believe in the Holy Ghost too. Now that doesn't mean the modern Nazarenes have it active in their church, but it's in their creed. It's in their it's in their uh, uh, what do you call it? Their their creed for their denomination or their 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 organization, and they they believe in it. I mean, it's there. Hey, by the way, listen. There's a lot of denominational churches opening up to the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of Jews getting the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of Muslims getting saved, getting the Holy Ghost. Praise God. There's even some Pentecostals getting refilled again. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God's Word is truth. Can you say amen? amen. But now, we, we, we've lost... How, how do I put this? We've lost something through the years in, in, our, in our... We've lost something in our worship many times. We've lost something in our praying many times. Uh, we've lost something in our faith along the way. I remember as a kid, I mean, the first thing they did is somebody hurt themselves or got real sick. They just prayed. They'd have a group of people come over and gather around that sick person and just pray. And pray. And the power of God would come and they'd get up and be healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. I got scarlet fever. One time, they quarantined our house. And uh, I had scarlet fever when I was a kid. And I remember being quarantined. We thought that was kind of fun, having all that stuff around us, you know. And it was like a, like a tent, you know. And, uh, but uh, we, we didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand how serious it was. But my mom did. My dad did. And they had a bunch of people come over from the church. And they just went in there and they laid hands on us, prayed. And, man, we was up and gone just like that in just a few days where it was going to take several weeks, you know. God is a miracle worker. Somewhere along the line, we've lost something. Something's been lost somewhere. We used to speak the Word. Now then, we speak the problems. We used to let scriptures flow from our mouth concerning the situation. Now, we try to find a remedy, a man-made remedy for it. I'm talking about in anything. I'm talking about with depression... I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about sickness. I'm talking about joy, (laughs) peace. We're trying to find a man-made remedy for it. Now, 
A lot of things will help. But I want to tell you what what's really going to help is the true peace of God. The true joy of the Lord. Amen? I said the true joy. So what God's wanting us to do is get back to, I don't want to call it the basics, because you know what? It it's, should be the way of living. Now, we call it going back to the basics, but you know what? It's just the way of life. It's the way of life. Praying should be a way of life. Not going back to the basics. No, no. It should, we should never have lost it in the first place. Faith is not going back to the basics. That's something that we have. And that we live by. We walk by. And this is what caused great movements to get going is the faith of God in the hearts of people. And they, they learn the principles of the Word. But one of the principles is this. This mouth gets us in trouble. It gets us in trouble. <laughs> how, how many has ever found your mouth getting you in trouble? I mean, if you're married, I know that's the truth. But look at Isaiah 57, verse 19. This is what we want to start with here. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace. Peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. I create the fruit of the lips. Now, now listen, we, we may not understand it. How many have ever said some words sometime and it come out angry? And, and I, I mean, oh, it, and you could, the atmosphere is so thick, you know, because of the anger and the resentment or whatever that's come out. But we can also have it when we have peace. Peace. The Word. Of God coming out of our mouth. And the Lord said, I will heal him. That's what God said. Amen. I create the fruit of the lips. I will heal. I will deliver. I will set free. I will do what I said I would do. I like the Amplified Version on that particular um, scripture. The Amplified Version is the same scripture. It just kind of amplifies it a little bit in our everyday language. But it says, I create the praise of his lips. Peace, peace to him who is far away, both Jew and Gentile, and to him who is near, says the Lord. And I will heal him, making his lips blossom anew with thankful praise. Hallelujah. God will make our lips blossom anew with thankful praise. So, Jesus spoke a parable to his disciples concerning the one who sows the word. I want to read some scriptures out of that. Mark 4, verses 14 through 20. It says, The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. How many of you ever been to church or you heard something on television or radio or something that was good and, and, uh, in, in a church service? And, boy, you just get, wow, that was great. Boy, that was good. Boy, that's great. And go out the door and Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word immediately, receive it with gladness. I love it when people say, Hallelujah! Amen! Preach it, brother! (laughs) They're receiving it with gladness. But then look what it says. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the Word's sake. Now, how many knows? Listen. Any trial you have, anything the devil brings your way, is what's it doing? It's, it's coming, tribulation, coming for the Word's sake. The devil doesn't want you to feel good. He doesn't want you to get excited about it. He doesn't want you to get, ex- he doesn't want you to get exhilarating, happy about it, and joyful. Listen, 
I remember a time when people were exhilarating happy. Nowadays, if somebody's exhilarating happy, somebody said, boy, they're strange. What they, what they so happy about? And we are all be happy. We all ought to be rejoicing and joyful in the Lord. Amen? And they have no root in the and then there's likewise those that was sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves. In other words, they're not established. They're not established. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Christians that are not established. The storms come and it shakes them loose. They're not established. They don't have the foundation. It's kind of like the uh, foundation uh, Jesus gave the parable of the houses. You know, the man built his house on the sand, one built it on a rock. The one that built it on the sand, when the storms came, it washed the sand away and the collapse, the, fa- the building fell. It collapsed. But the one that was built on the rock, it, 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 it well, it prevailed. It, it didn't allow the storm to destroy what was theirs? It, it stood because there was a foundation. I want to tell you, the ones, that, the ones that are still surviving, and I want to say this the right way, the revival eras of revival that's passed, the ones that are surviving are the ones that have the foundation. There, there's a lot of good people, believers, that was part of the moves of God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There were some moves of God. I, I was privileged because my dad was saved when I was a little bitty kid. I was privileged to be able to be part of those things. And to see things happening. Jack Coe's miracle services. A. Allen, demons coming out, you know. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I was there front row seats most of the time. You know, because my dad was able to, uh, he knew them and got us in. But what I'm saying is we, we saw these things take place. I remember one time the fire trucks came to the church where we was attending. As a kid, the fire trucks came because, and they said, they got all their fire equipment out and they were ready to douse the church. They said flames are burnt. They got inside and they said there was no smoke. There was nothing. What's going on? Well, they're just the Pentecostal fire. I mean, y'all heard stories of that. That's not just a story. I was a kid and I remember the firemen coming in. They said, we don't understand what's going on. Well, they took time to uh, tell them what was going on. Two of the firemen got saved. Because of what was going on. (laughs) But they, they have no root in themselves. Tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. I'm working on some messages. I'm continually working on things. I'm continually studying and getting things together. But this thought came into my mind, and I'm going to be preaching on it because we're going to do a series on the end time and the rapture of the church here pretty soon. But, you know, when we die, where do we What leaves? The spirit. The body doesn't leave at that moment. One day the body's going to leave. <laughs> It'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So... The real person is the real person in us. Right? The spirit of man. And I I was just thinking on this, and I said, uh, I'm just kind of giving you a freebie here. That's okay. I won't charge you for this one. But I was just thinking, I said, Lord, when a person leaves this earth, they're going to be right in the middle of the presence of God. Immediately. Immediately. You're in the presence of God. Now, that's not the great judgment. The judgment of the Lord's coming at the end. But we're going to be in the presence of God. Now, if our spirit man is carnal and our spirit man is full of malice and our spirit man is full of hatred and bitterness and envy and strife, how are we going to stand before God? That's something, just some words to chew on. 
Amen? <laughs> We've been changed. We've been born again. Hallelujah. Are y'all still with me? I remember when you got saved. Hate left. Strife left. You was able to forgive those that you didn't, you had thought against, you know. You was able to forgive because the spirit of man was changed. Now, we've got to get back to our message now. But these are the ones who saw on the good ground, who hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. So the seed sown in the ground, the earth brings forth the fruit of the seed. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn to the ear. But God's given the believer, I mean he's a believer, God's given us the responsibility to sow and to reap. Now I'm not going to use this message for financial uh, teaching on sowing and reaping, you know. Uh, that's, all, that's, that's just a given. You sow, you're going to reap. <laughs> Amen? You give, God's going to bless you back. But faith seeds always produce results or the fruit of the Word. Faith seeds. How I many knows the words that we speak are like seeds? Faith seeds. See, God has a law of sowing and reaping. A reaping. Now, one pound of onion seed, I saw this somewhere. I haven't really just checked it out, but I believe this person. <laughs> one pound of onion seed produces some 25,000 pounds of onions. That's what I read. Uh, that's a lot. One kernel of corn produces thousands of kernels. I'm talking about the law of sowing and reaping here. Words are seeds that produce... Good fruit or bad fruit. So the harvest that we're having in our lives is due to what we're planting. Good seeds are bad seeds. Good words are bad words. Seeds of unbelief produced negative results for Israel. How many knows Israel had a tough time? After all the miraculous things God did for them, delivered them out of the hand of uh, Pharaoh and Egypt there, and all the miraculous things that God did, and yet they still rebelled. Because when they went in to look at the land that God gave them, they finally came into it after 40 years of wandering around, and they finally come into the land, they sent 12 spies in to check it out. Now look what it says uh, in Numbers 13. Then they told him, we went to the land where you sent us. That's one way of just getting the responsibility off of you. You know, you sent us there. <laughs> we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. They brought evidence back. The grapes of Eskel. The grapes of Eskel were so big and so bulky and big and juicy. And it took staves. They put them on staves. It took four men to carry them out of the of the land. That, that's a... Those are healthy grapes. My wife gets us some pretty healthy grapes sometimes, but they're nothing like that where we have to have the staves to pull them into the house. But they, they, they brought them in. It truly flows, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Nevertheless, don't you talk that face stuff too much to me, because nevertheless... There's a lot of bad things in this world today. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. <laughs> Anak was a big giant. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb... Remember, Joshua and Caleb went in with them. There was 12 spies, and those were two that came back with a good report. They quieted the people before Moses said, Let us go up at once and take possession. We're well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. Now, but the men, but the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land... 
through which we have gone as spies as a land that devours its inhabitants. Hmm. Now, why would God send you somewhere that's going to destroy you? And all the people whom we saw in the men, uh, or saw in it, are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Well, that's a whole new message there, but you know, well, how do you see yourself? How do you, how do you see yourself? I saw a picture one time of a little kitten looking in a mirror, <laughs> a little bitty kitten looking in a mirror, and the image in the mirror was a big, great big roaring lion. Now, that's what we need to see. We, we may feel like we're just weaklings, nobodies, and don't have enough strength, enough power, enough anointing to do anything. But if you'll just look in the mirror of the Word, you're going to start seeing the giant of a man and woman that you are, uh, overcomer, more than conquerors, through Christ who loves us. See ourselves like God sees us. Amen? So the ten spies brought the evil report. They entered not in because of unbelief. Hebrews 3, verses 17 uh, through 19. Now, now, with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with them who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness, and, and whom he did swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Obey? Yeah, obey? How many know you got to obey? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You've got to obey. Speak it. Believe it. Say it. You're saved. They'd entered not in because of unbelief. Job. How many remember poor old Job? Now, we talk about poor old Job. Poor old Job lost all his riches and everything he had. Cattle, land, houses, and children. Old Job was feeling so bad. Yeah, he was. But the Bible said in the very first chapter of Job, he was the richest man in the East. That's what the Bible says about Job. He was the richest man in the East. And he had blessings, abundant blessings. Now, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons, three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. How many believe he had a pretty good ranch? 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east, is what the Bible says. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning, and he would offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For look at this next part. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. In Job 3.23, you know the story after that. All of his sons were killed. His daughters were destroyed. All of his cattle, all of his sheep, everything was just destroyed. Everything was burned. and I mean, just taken from him just like that. One time he had it, the next time he had it. But the, the, but the reasoning is, is found in the Bible. He was blessed. But the Bible says... Job did this regularly because he said, my sons may have sinned. They may have sinned. But look, Job 3.23 said, the thing that I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Huh. How many knows the Bible is pretty plain? Now listen to yourself sometimes. We're talking about the fruit of our lips. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough money to make it to the end of the year. I'm afraid. Or, I'm afraid I'm going to come down with the same thing that so-and-so came down with. I'm afraid. We've got to listen to our conversation. The thing that, Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come up on me. I'll tell you what, I used to tell our people, I said, dear Lord, I said, don't tell people you're, I'm afraid I'm going to be broke. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough money. I said, I'm afraid I'm going to be rich. If you're going to use afraid, use it for your benefit. 
I'm afraid I'm going to have more than enough. I'm afraid I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to live to be 120 years old. I mean, if you're going to use afraid, use it for your benefit. Don't let fear dominate your thinking that dominates the results in your life. Hallelujah. This is good preaching, Brother Clarence. <laughs> Look at Colossians 1, verses 3 through 6. Now the word, the seed, will always produce good results. We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is also in the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. In other words, we're thanking God that the fruit of this thing is happening in your life. Amen? The fruit. You, you, know, what, you know what thrills a pastor? is to see the fruit of the Word that He's preached and taught come alive. I had one man in my church, he sat on the front pew. For three months I was preaching on, this, on, an, on an area and, and just kind of along the same subject, you know, just one after the other. And, and finally on the last service that I was preaching and teaching on that, his eyes lit up, he jumped up, Come up and grab me. Brother Clarence, I finally see it. I said, well, praise God. There's some of them didn't come up and say they saw it yet, you know. But how many understands what I'm saying? You can hear it and hear it and hear it, but one day it clicks. It clicks in our spirit man. It clicks in our heart. That revelation comes alive. And we begin to see ourselves like God sees us. We begin to act... In the manner that God's given you the power to act in. We begin to have the blessings that God has said is yours anyway. Hallelujah. Because Jesus paid the price once and for all. And the devil was defeated. Oh, hallelujah. I'm afraid that he's going to hear me say that if I say that too loud. I don't want nothing bad happening. Say it loud. Devil, you're a liar. You were defeated 2,000 years ago. My little girl, <laughs> she, was, she was about eight or nine. She was out on her bicycle. And she fell off her bicycle. We heard her just screaming and bawling and squalling. And we, walked, we ran out there and I grabbed her and picked her up and brought her in. And her arm was literally, I mean, you could tell it was broken. It was lopsided, you know. It was broken. But we'd already been in the Word, you know, preaching the Word, believing the Word, living the Word. And, you know, we both, my wife and I both spontaneously at the same time, we laid hands on that arm. And the Scripture says, He keepeth all our bones. And not one of them is broken. And we claimed that Scripture over her arm right there. And that arm just immediately, the swelling went down, and she was just moving it and got out there and got on her bicycle again, just running around. I had people criticize. They said, Brother Clarence, you should have taken her to the doctor. What if there's a fracture in there? I said, no, no, no. We, we quoted the word, the fruit of our lips. She was getting ready to go to Oral Roberts University for her first semester. We had to get a physical for her. Went to the doctor, little English lady, English doctor, her and her husband. That was our doctors. We, I went for our physicals. We do, I do a physical every year. There's nothing wrong with a physical. Amen. And, uh, I, 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 but they were from England and just sweet people. And she, she was just examining Stacy. And, and one of the questions was, have you ever been to the doctor for anything? She said, no. And she had I mean, God had kept her. I'm, we're not boasting. I'm just speaking, you know, the word works. And well, have you ever had any, have you ever had a broken bone or anything? And she said, well, uh, yeah, well, well, she said, well, did you? Boy, she's ready to write it down. She said, yeah, I fell off my bicycle and broke my arm, but my daddy prayed for me and my mom, and they prayed for me and said that they just claimed the scripture on it and, and, and it's well. She said, let me see that arm. She looked at it, and she examined it, and she said, well, I don't know who set this arm, but they did a perfect job. (laughs) 
Y'all still here this morning? Is this okay? (laughs) Faith. Now, the Word will always produce in our lives. Faith conceived in the heart and spoken out of our mouth releases God's ability. See, how many knows you've got to get faith in your heart? You can't be saved till you believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth. You've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And the Bible said, this is Paul writing in Rome, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. So, faith is conceived in the heart and spoken out of our mouth and it releases God's ability in our life. A man shall eat good fruit by the fruit of his mouth. Amen. Proverbs 13, verse 2. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Paul's writing, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. See, believing and speaking go hand in hand. We, we have to have something to believe so we can speak, or we have to <laughs> just don't have nothing to believe, don't have nothing to speak. Amen. Now, look at uh, what it says in Romans 10, verses 6 6 through 10. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you or nigh you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation. Somebody said, yeah, but Brother Clarence, that's talking about salvation. Well, yeah, I know that. You, you can't really get into the kingdom of God without going through this part of it. You've got to believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. You've got to confess that you, that you believe that Jesus is Lord and that He did this for you and, that, and you're born again. But if it works for that, it's also going to work in your daily walk with the Lord. Amen? God's principles don't change. God's principles stay the same. It's a faith. Look at Romans 4, verse 17, 18. Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written. I've made you a father of many nations. Talking about Abraham. In the presence of him whom we believe. God who gives life. To the dead and cause those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, listen, he's talking about Abraham. Remember when the Lord spoke to Abraham and said, Sarah, 90 years old, she's going to have a baby. Her womb was dead. But God said no. And God cut covenant with Abraham. 100 years old. Sarah, 90 years old. And God said, you're going to have a child. And the Lord also said, his name's going to be called, what's his name going to be called? Isaac. (laughs) Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. Laughter. Praise God. I tell you what, you you know what they're doing? They're laughing at their (laughs) say. Every time they said Isaac, this is Isaac. (laughs) I was 100 and my wife was 90. (laughs) We had a baby. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But he said, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now this is the Lord talking about Abraham through Paul the Apostle in the book of Romans here. Abraham had had to believe God. Now what would have happened if had Abraham not believed God? What would have happened? I believe God would have just raised up somebody else. What did what what did uh, Esther have spoken to her? Esther, if you don't do the bidding of God and do what God's called you to do, God will raise up somebody else in your stead and do what I've asked Him to do. 
See, if we fail to comply with God's ways and what God is saying and doing, guess what? God will just raise up somebody else to do it. I don't want nobody else getting my rewards. I don't want nobody else doing what God's called me to do. I believe they can do what God's called them to do. But I, how many know God has a specific thing for every one of us to do? There's a specific design and call of God in our lives that God's called you for a purpose. And I'll tell you what, nobody can fulfill my purpose but me. Brother Hass, nobody can fulfill the purpose for you except you. Paula, nobody can fulfill the purpose except you. Because God's got a purpose. It's a plan. But we have to yield to the will of God and yield to the Word of God and speak the Word of God. Y'all getting anything out of this? Oh, look at Psalms 1 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm sorry, I don't get counsel from people that don't believe. I I just don't do it. I I don't sit in the council of unbelievers. And when I say unbelievers, I'm talking about sometimes so-called quote Christians. I I want I want somebody that's got the word, back it up with the word, show me in the word, and say this is what the word says, not what. Well, I know that was four thousand years ago. You know, God, God, there was a. Well, I'm not going to say his name, but. A very well-known denominal, denominational teacher, pastor in a major group. And the, he lived in Waco. My dad was in Waco. And, and uh, my dad would talk about the Lord speaking to him. God told me this. This preacher just laughed. <laughs> oh, Pete, man, what do you mean God speaks to you? He said, well, God does speak to me. And, you know, this guy didn't let this thing die. He went on and he wrote a bestseller book for his denomination that is out there and infiltrating preachers' minds all over this nation saying why, how we cannot hear from God. I tell you what, I saw that in a bookstore. And I said, man, you done come too late to tell me we can't hear from God. I hear from God. My daddy heard from God. (laughs) Other people of God hear from God. God still talks to His people. God still will direct you individually. If we'll allow Him to. Amen. But blessed is the man, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Now that word meditate means to ponder, to imagine, to mutter, to speak to oneself out loud. That's what that word meditate. He meditates. That word meditate in the Hebrew, it's, well, I can't, I can't say it in the Hebrew, uh, Hogal. But that's not the way it really comes out. But Hogal. Hey, I'd make a good Jew, wouldn't I? But it means to ponder, to imagine, to mutter, to speak to yourself. Talk to yourself. Self, why are you down in the dumps? Well, because everybody said the economy's getting worse and, and I just don't know what we're going to do. Well, Seth, quit looking at the economy. Look at the Word. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. Well, everybody else is getting this sickness and disease and I said, no, no. no. Speak the Word. Utter, mutter the Word. Hallelujah. I may say, well, I don't, want, I don't want to get fanatical about it. Well, you know what? It's the fanatical ones that get the good stuff. It's those that's got bulldog tenacity that's going to just barge right on in and get everything God has for them. 
It's those that look in the mirror and don't see some wimpy little Christian, you know, cowered down behind something because the devil is up cowering behind him, you know, ah. No, a Christian is one that looks at himself in the mirror and sees the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're made in His image, created in His image. We can do the same works that He did. That's what Jesus told the disciples. The same works that I do, you're going to do it even greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father. Hallelujah. Somebody says, you're boasted. I sure am. Boasted in Jesus. See, Jesus did it all. I don't have to go suffer. I don't have to be crucified on the cross. I'm not saying that someday we might not have to be martyrs for the Lord. I'm not, I'm not, because Jesus even told that to the disciples. But you see, the thing is, when that time comes, if it ever did come, you know what? We have the grace of God. Hallelujah. We'll just start praising the Lord in the Spirit. Oh, they'll just get so confused. Hallelujah. They're trying to hurt you and you're just laughing. <laughs> Glory. That tickles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They say, well, they think you're crazy. Well, we are. We're insane for the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Meditate. Faithful words have to be planted. They have to be spoken. We have to speak. Are you all still with me this morning? I said, you still have to speak the word. Faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Believing comes by hearing. <laughs> hearing by the word. Listen, I, I hope y'all enjoy the word as much as I enjoy preaching and teaching it. Because you know why? It's that that's going to make, it's going to sustain you and keep you and help you get through. We, we, listen, and I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I rejoice over the Word. I rejoice over what God's Word, when God's Word is performed. We, we need to shout and praise God and glorify the Lord. And I tell you what, it wouldn't hurt us if we all wanted to run around this building. Wouldn't hurt nothing. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. But you see, when we do it, we have something to rejoice over. I have the Word to praise God for. I tell you, sometimes, my, sometimes I, I, I may do like my daddy did. You know, he, he said, excuse me, and he just get out there and just do a little jig. I'm having a little benefit. Hallelujah. God will bless us with benefits. Amen. But listen, we need to hear ourselves speak the Word. Our words govern us. Our words will encourage us or discourage us. Our words will bring joy or to bring uh, chaos in our life. Our, our words will produce peace or to produce worry and fear and doubt. Our words are important. Faith comes by hearing, hear by the word. Hold fast. Look what Paul said in Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. Hold fast. Hold fast. Listen, somebody said, well, I don't see it happening. What are you talking about, Brother Clarence? I don't see nothing happening. You know, hold fast to the confession of your faith. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. Amen. Praise God. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. I tell you what, listen, I, there was a fellow down in Louisiana. He wanted a motor home. God gave me one. I didn't have to do it the way he did it, but, you know, I, I, I believed God for it. But uh, he, he, he was believing God for his motor home, and he's telling everybody, God's given me a motor home. He's an evangelist and traveling, and, and uh, you know, back then, motor homes were made for evangelists, you know. That's what they created them for, for evangelists. And, uh, and I got mine, then I decided I don't want no more motor homes. I'm just going to believe God for a plane. Hallelujah. <laughs> But listen, he was believing God. He'd tell everybody, I got my motorhome, got my motorhome, got my motorhome, got it. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. They said, well, where is it? It's, it's, I have it. By faith, I have it. No, but, oh, they just, they laugh him off, you know. One day he got out there, got him a step stool, and got his water hose, a big bucket of soap and water. And there wasn't nothing there. But he just washing and act like he was just washing this big old motor home and getting that soap suds all over it, you know, and, and just wash. Somebody said, what are you doing? 
you're really flipped out. He said, I'm washing my motorhome. There ain't no motorhome there. He said, well, it will be. <laughs> he just laughed. Two days later, guess what? God gave him a motorhome. Not no used one, a brand new one. God gave it to him. Y'all still here? Yeah. I said, somebody, well, I'm not going to get out there and make a fool of myself. Well, hey, you know what? The devil's trying to make a fool out of him. He just make a fool out of the devil. He said, I believe God. I believe God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody said, that's fanatical, Brother Clarence. He ain't seen nothing yet. Don't get nervous. <laughs> Hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. For He is faithful. That promise. See, sometimes we think it's our all of our actions that's caused it to happen. No, no, no. You can, you can act without believing. You can do a lot of things without believing. But if you're believing God, you can do it, and the blessings of God are going to follow, and God's going to do what He does. Hallelujah! Y'all still here today? Praise God. I believe the Lord, don't you? Oh, fast. Let's, let praise keep the vultures of fear and doubt away. Remember when Abram had the covenant cut with him? And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, uh, well, uh, uh, the fowls came down in Genesis fifteen eleven. The fowls came down upon the carcasses. Abram drove them away. He drove them away. He drove them away. Because it wasn't time for those carcasses to be eaten up. Abram had to keep his fowls and buzzards from devouring it. But look what Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise unto God continually, even the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Let's offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, the fruit of our lips giving thanks. The fruit of our seeds are going to be produced. The words that we speak are going to be produced. Can you say amen? He said in John 15, 17, uh, 15, 7 through 8, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, if you abide in me, and what do you say? My words abide in you. You can't just get in the church and not get the Word. You've got to get in Him and let the Word get in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you desire, what you will. It shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What we say is important. Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth, makes it bring forth and bud. I want to emphasize that. The water comes down upon the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return uh, and, uh, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Hmm. We could just stop right there and just go home and say, Amen, Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm not ready to do that anyway. As the rain comes down, listen, how many know, how, that, that ground is dry, right? But there's seeds in that ground. And if the rain comes down and waters the earth, that seed doesn't jump up and say, I don't need no more. I don't need no more. I don't need no more. No. That seed's got to lay there and just get the water, the rain. Let it come down. Let it come down. Beat down on that dry ground. Let it beat down and get it till it gets down into the into the earth, and it it soaks down into the, where the roots are and the seed is. And the, what's it say? It makes it. So shall my word be. It shall not return. It shall accomplish that and shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. In other words, it's going to make that earth is made to produce with the water coming down. Hallelujah. You know what you're going to do? 
you don't have no joy, you start finding scriptures on joy. You start finding those scriptures, start quoting them, start doing what those scriptures say to do. Shout for joy. Hallelujah! Leap for joy. Glory to God! How many knows that's in the Word? Praise Him. Magnify His name. Let the words of faith come out rather than doubt, fear, and unbelief. And murmuring and complaining. Amen? It shall prosper. The words of our mouth keep us in the presence of God. Luke 12, verses 8 and 9, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God, but he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Look what Psalms 91 says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. Here again, he's got to say it. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. Under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lies waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall thee, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. How many believe we can keep plagues out of our house? Hallelujah. Am I getting too fanatical here? He'll give his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up unless you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him with long life. Everybody say long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I'm giving you some scriptures you can find and just quote out loud every day. He makes me lie down beside the He restores my soul. What does that mean? He restores our mind. He restores our sin-sick soul. He restores our depressed spirit. He restores everything about us. The soulish realm. He restores it. Our mind. Our emotions. There's people that got damaged emotions. They need restoration. Y'all still here? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, glory to God. Watchman Nee did an illustration in one of his books, Sit, Walk, and Stand, one time. And he said, The word was in the front. And faith was behind the Word. And the latter part, the third person, was experiences. Experiences. You had the Word, faith, experiences. They were walking on this little narrow ledge of a wall. And as long as faith kept his eyes on the Word, they were just going right along. But one day, faith decided to look over his shoulder to see how his experiences were coming up. And guess what happened? Faith and experiences toppled off. But the Word still went forward. And you know what we've got to do this morning? We've got to come to the place. God's Word is forever settled in heaven. I don't care what my experiences say. Experiences will catch up to it. Hallelujah. Say, body, I don't care what you feel. Our eyes are on the Word. By His stripes, we are healed. We were healed. And keep our eyes and walk along that ledge following the Word. You know what's going to happen? Experience is going to come following, and you're going to have the experience of healing. Experience of provision. 
experience of joy, experience of loved ones getting saved, experience of those children coming back to the Lord, experience of seeing the supernatural take place in your heart and life again, because we got our eyes focused on the Word and not on our experiences, and we're going to let the fruit of our lips bring us victory. Hallelujah. We are delivered. No, we were delivered. Amen? We were healed. Isaiah prophesied looking ahead, said by his stripes you are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 looked back and said by his stripes you were healed. Amen? See, everything's got to look back to the cross. We don't look back at our experiences. We look to the cross. We look at the cross, at what Jesus did for us. And that Word declares the truth of God. And as our eyes are upon the Word, guess what? We're going to see our experiences line up with the Word. We're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We're going to have not a fake smile, but a real smile on our face. We're going to have bubbly joy, not put on joy, but something that's really real down deep on the inside. People are going to want to be around you. You're going to be like a magnet attracting them. And they're going to be wanting to have what you got because you got your eyes on the Word and God's Word is working mightily in us. Hallelujah! The fruit of our lips produce. You know what? Some people just feel tired because they oh, I'm so tired. I just don't feel. I feel so tired today. Oh, I'm just tired. And before long, they're sitting. Man, I'm so tired. If I want to get out of something, that's what I do. Pat, I'm so tired. (laughs) But you know what? The Word is strength and life to our flesh. And if we'll begin to talk to our bodies and talk to the flesh and talk to ourselves and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Isn't that what the Bible says? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage you. Somebody else ain't going to encourage you sometimes. You've got to encourage yourself. Amen. I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to encourage you. You over there just talk to yourself. Somebody said, what's going on with that guy? I knew he was kind of off the rocker. I knew how to, he's under too much pressure, man. He's over there talking. No, he's just over there quoting the Word. Talking to himself. Self, the joy of the Lord your strength. Self. The peace of God that passes all understanding keeps your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Self, you don't have to keep up and try to keep the things the devil's putting on you. Just start looking at the cross at what Jesus did for you. By his stripes we're healed. Hallelujah. Let God's healing power start. I'm not going to say, you know, sometimes healing is a progressive thing. It's instantaneous in the fact that Jesus paid for it, but sometimes the manifestation is a progressive thing. And what you do, start looking at what you couldn't do six months ago and start praising God. Say, devil, take that. I only had to rest two hours today instead of six. Came in? Devil, you're a liar. I am... God's child, I'm His possession, I'm His property, and I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Because He is my God. And I'm His child. Praise the Lord. So don't, don't condemn yourself if you're not totally manifested, but just thank God that it's not like it was. Y'all still seeing it today? We can go forward in Jesus' name. I remember Louise. When we first came here, you couldn't hardly get around sometimes. Or you didn't feel like it. <laughs> but you know what? She don't let the devil keep her down. Every once in a while she doesn't, uh, you know, make it, but that's okay. God's increasing her strength. God's increasing her stamina. Amen? God's increasing what he's doing. And every one of us here, God's increasing his ability in us. His anointing in us. His power in us. So that we can be a testimony of the fruit of our lips. Hallelujah. Do you love Him today? Lift your hands and just thank Him. Praise God. Oh, thank you for your patience with me. My goodness. Hallelujah. 
God is so good. He's so good. He's so good. All the time, He's good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lift your hand and just thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. What's that old song? I'm redeemed by love divine. Oh, glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to Him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Could you stand to your feet? Let's sing it together just before we leave. Well, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to Him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Turn to that person next to you and say, I'm redeemed, and so are you. Glory to God. Take someone's hand next to you. Let that anointing that's within you, let that anointing, that strength of God that's in you, let it flow to that person next to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. That anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage flows through your body today. We are what you say we are. We have what you say we have. We can do what you say we can do. Lord, we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.